meditate on Scripture? This is a question we're often asked. So we created an online video course called Digging Deeper in God's Word. You can find this course on soulshepherding.org in the store. And today on Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier, we're going to talk about the blessings of meditating on Scripture and how to do it. Hello, Soul Talks community. Bill and I are so happy to be here with you and so encouraged to hear from you. And give a little call out to my friend, Pastor Vicki Orr, such a wonderful pastor. So blessed to have you, Vicki, in my Soul Shepherding group. And what a prayer warrior you are. Bill and I are always so thankful for the ways you pray for the ministry of Soul Shepherding. Thanks. And we've been praying for you, Vicki, yes. and your family. We sure are. miss your, your dear husband, Gil. Yeah. And we, we wanted to thank you for your encouragement. You sent us by email saying that Soul Talks encourages me to be honest, vulnerable, and to practice empathy and active listening with myself and others. So well articulated and so helpful. We rejoice that the Lord is using Soul Talks to help you with receiving his empathy for yourself and others. We just got back from a, a TLC week, Christy, on spiritual leadership up in the mountains. We had a group of men and women in ministry circled up with us, and we spent five days of learning and conversation, time and beauty, and God's wonderful creation all around us, and the, the trees, and the, the blue sky, and the mountains. And, and wonderful people. Yeah, a lot us. of soul talks, yeah, scripture meditations, and times of learning, and we had some stuff come up around venting emotions. Yeah, venting emotions. You kind of did a little bit of that with me this morning, and I I just felt so grateful that you trust me with your emotions. Well, thanks for listening to me. It was so encouraging. Thanks for sharing, honey. I really am grateful that you do give me that opportunity. It helps me pray for you, too. Thank you. I need that. No, we both do. We, we do that for each other mutually, we allow each other to vent. And that was kind of what was surprising, I think, in part to some of the people in our community this weekend at TLC. Yeah, because that's part of the way we teach is we team teach and we share from our life as well as from the scriptures and, and other examples. And in particular, we're talking about spiritual leadership, but emotions is a huge part of leadership and how we yes. deal with our own emotions, how we deal with others' emotions. And so it's a, a really big subject. It's uh, central to our faith and our spirituality. Not everybody realizes that, but so many People, you know, when we're stuck in our walk with the Lord, a lot of times it's because we're, we've got repressed emotion and needs, hurts, stresses that we're not dealing with. And we're, we're intellectualizing or we're just being busy. And that distance from our deeper self and our heart distances us from God and from other people. And we don't realize that sometimes until we've gotten sort of buried in a depression. Yeah. So one of the pastors at TLC was surprised when he heard us talking about venting as a positive thing and said, well, wait a second. I thought venting was wrong. I was told as a kid that you just, you grin and bear your emotions, but you don't show them and you certainly don't name them and share them. Yeah. And he was saying that it was affecting his, his marriage and his parenting because he felt like that to name negative emotions made him like more real and uh, more prominent for himself or for the, his, his family, people, other people he's caring for. And so he was really 
been really trying to sort of overcome the negative emotions with biblical thinking and constructive action and, uh, of course, being loving and encouraging and caring in relationship and not realizing how, how much that pushing down of the emotion was actually uh, creating stress and distress for himself and people he was in relationship with. So it was huge insight for this pastor. Yeah, it really was. It was really fun to see the Lord speaking to him and him responding to that. You could just see this being such a huge paradigm shift because in his culture and all of his upbringing, he'd had this thought that to hold in his emotions and to not share was the loving thing to do. And then he was getting this new vision and understanding with how it actually can be very loving to share your emotions. We were talking, I think, about one of the things maybe that I said, you know, of course, it's hard to unpack the conversation exactly, but because these things are happening live in community, we've got other people, you know, contributing. But I think part of it was I might have shared an illustration about how I was talking to you about something I had a lot of emotion about. And you, because this is a part of our ongoing relationship, and you listen to me so well, you were able to hear what I was saying is, okay, Christy doesn't mean this as it sounds. This is her speaking with her emotions. And you knew not to take it all just literally and believe it, hook, line, and sinker, all of it. Yeah, but at the same time, I was validating your emotion and empathizing with you. But yes. trying to differentiate between and help you articulate the difference between what you were experiencing emotionally and what you were trying to say intellectually, what your thoughts were. Yeah, and that's so helpful because when you let me articulate how it feels to me in that moment, then it helps me. I hear myself with that. And even even upon hearing myself, I'm able to start kind of deciphering, oh, wait a second, that's kind of extreme. I don't really mean that or you know, I'll hear myself think, whoa, I didn't realize I did have that much pent-up emotion about this, and I, I need to do some work here. I need to take some responsibility for this here. So. You know, the temptation for the listener, if you're a, a thinking-oriented person and you hear somebody speaking with emotion about factual experiences or about ideas, the temptation is to say, oh, well, you're exaggerating. Right. And that doesn't feel very good, does No, it? that just would shut me down, or you, if, if I said that to you. It yeah, you kinda, feel judged. Yeah, or even shamed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not really giving the person space to, to vent emotionally, to, to open up their, their – it's like we got vents on our soul. We need to let out the, the emotion because the, the emotions are like the language of our soul, and it's how we really – they're like portals into our deeper being to understand ourselves, our needs, our experiences, our, our values, and to just unpack the, the things that we're experiencing in our life so that we can understand them and, and be in relationship where we feel cared for. Yeah, I think one of the things that helps me, honey, is I can vent with you is, and usually I try to ask you first, if you have it, to listen to me vent. That's always good to ask permission. Do you have, do you have time to listen to me? Do you have, do you have energy? Yeah. I need, I, or to say specifically what I, I need some space to process what I've been feeling. Can you listen to me? It yeah. sets the context. Yeah. I think over time you and I have gotten so that we don't have to be so formal with asking that all the time. But at first, that was really important. And there are times when we still need to ask that, I think. But like this morning, you didn't really implicitly, I mean, you didn't explicitly ask me. 
Yeah, I've been reading Brennan Manning, one of my favorite authors, and uh, recently I read his memoir, All is Grace, which he wrote at the end of his life, and it was a few years ago he died, and I had known about this memoir that he confesses some of his sins during his life as a spiritual retreat leader and writer and speaker and so forth, and confesses about his relapses into alcoholism and struggles with deceit and problems in his marriage. And I actually was putting off reading the memoir because I was a little afraid. And well, so, I can see why. I mean, that's a lot there that you just mentioned to learn and to receive and to process. Yeah, he's he's been a, a hero for me. He's been someone I've really admired because of the way he speaks about life with Jesus and he's authentic and speaks about uh, the soul and the real-life problems that we have and ministers with such compassion to people. Well, and you've seen how his book, especially Stranger to Self-Hatred, really has ministered to me yeah. and helped me really identify some of the shame that I had carried and mm-hmm. you know make progress in getting free from that. Too. Well, I was so thankful when you read that and the way the Lord used that to give you more freedom, and then yeah. I read it too. Mm-hmm. This is something that so many people, so many of us, I think maybe all of us to some extent, struggle with Mm self-criticism, Mm self-condemnation, self-hatred. Yeah. So you were reading this and you were having some emotion about it. Well, just sad to see how much he was struggling. I knew that he had had the relapse into alcohol. His alcohol problems began at age 16, and then he became a Franciscan priest and had tremendous spiritual renewal and intimacy with God and years of living in Christian community as a monk and then in other formats where he was active in ministry and really growing spiritually, tremendous life of intimacy with God. And he writes about this. And then he had this relapse into alcoholism, went into a treatment center and had to go through the withdrawals and got help with that. And then he came out and, and that was when his writing career really flourished. Yeah, But then down the road, his abandonment issues from his childhood, the abuse that he experienced, it started to really take a toll on him as well as just his traveling ministry, which was very heavy and all his ministry to the poor and to other alcoholics and to be draggled, burnt out and beat up as he describes it in his famous book, uh, The Ragamuffin Gospel. It took a toll on him. And so he he returned to excessive drinking so much Mm -hmm. so that it, it really... It became really bad. He was full-on alcoholism for for years and caused tremendous problems in his marriage and his family and eventually led to his, his wife divorcing him. And yeah, so, so you were feeling very, so sad yeah. upon learning this and reading this and reflecting on that, really grieving that reality. Well, it, it feels like a, a hero falling. Mm-hmm. And it. I started asking questions like, well, so did the gospel that he preached work for him? Mm. And I start to feel discouraged mm-hmm. and start to wonder, well, should I just like throw out all my Brennan Manning books? Mm. And brings confusion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's just like a disorientation. Mm-hmm. It's like I start reading him a little differently through his struggles that by his own admission in his memoir, he wasn't getting help with that. He wasn't confessing that to somebody that was helping him work it through. He mm-hmm. was just really stuck. Yeah, and so you're sad about that sanctification gap in his life, and you're wishing it, it was different for him, and yet you also were sharing that you don't really want to be judging either. No, and so as I've prayed about this and processed with you, even this morning, 
I keep coming back to Brennan's message of the radical grace of God and mm. his unconditional love and bring us to Jesus on the cross and his mercy for our sins and that even our failures bring out the greatness of God mm-hmm. when we turn to him. Yeah. And Brennan did turn to him throughout his life, but especially, you know, regarding this period of time, at the end, he really came clean. I'm really thankful for the ways that you, because of your reading him and wrestling through this, have been encouraged just to, again, look at Jesus on the cross mm-hmm. and receive his grace. Yeah, last night I, I spent uh, quite a while just meditating on Jesus and his cross and his compassion, his great love for us, and just thanking him for the forgiveness of my sins and our sins, praying for you and our family and the pastors and leaders, all the people that we care for in soul shepherding, and, and just talking to the Lord about this whole thing, too, about the tendency that we all have, more or less, to have this sanctification gap, this distance between what we believe to be true and then what we're actually able to live. And the when it can become a duplicity, mm-hmm. we're in some degree of contradiction with that. And so needing the Lord to help with that, and since we minister to men and women in ministry all the time who are very knowledgeable about scriptures and the Christian life and so forth, uh, we're in this space with people, and it's a, a perilous thing. You know, James says not many of you should presume to be spiritual teachers because of this very thing that we can know so much more and articulate so much more about life with God and holiness and intimacy with the Lord and so forth than we're able to actually live. So it's a scary thing to Mm -hmm. think, oh, Lord, don't let me go down that path of an ever-widening sanctification gap. Don't don't let me go into hiding with my faults and my struggles. Yeah, it's such a responsibility to be entrusted as as bearers of Christ, his image, as ministers of the gospel. And we earnestly want to be faithful in that and take responsibility for our sins and get help where we need it. And so we prayed again together this morning, the prayer we learned from Dallas, Oh, Lord, don't grant Bill and I more power than our character can handle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this it's just really brings us back to the importance of venting our emotions and how essential that is for our spiritual health, that we are continually setting aside time in in quiet prayer and solitude and silence, which can evoke evoke the emotions mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the, the life that we're living, the events, the experiences, the memories, the stress that, that we need to be praying through, and then to be with safe people where we we talk honestly about what's really yeah. going on. Yeah. And it's so important that all of us who are counselors and spiritual directors and caregivers that we're on the receiving end. It really is important, a place that we can kind of examine our life and let others examine it, let the Holy Spirit speak to us and even convict us in areas. And so that's what this pastor was realizing is that he wasn't doing this at this level mm-hmm. of uncovering and verbalizing deeper emotions of distress. He'd been bottling that up inside. Yeah, and that then manifests unconsciously you know, in us and affects us. Yeah, because we repress it. Mm-hmm. People don't always understand that when you try not to feel 
certain things that are, are painful or upsetting or frustrating, and you, you try to just you know rise above it, or as you said, grin, grin and bear it, that that's repressing that emotion. We're denying it, and it, it doesn't just like go away. Mm-hmm. It might leave our consciousness for a period of time, but it goes into our unconscious. And the unconscious mind is not like some ethereal thing in outer space or something. It's essentially in our body. And so we're putting that emotion, the, the grief maybe, the sadness, the anger, we're putting that into our body. And it's causing problems for our health. Yeah. And it's draining away energy mm-hmm. and sapping our, our joy and our peace and our capacity to be loving. Yeah, honey, I'm, I'm remembering in my last Soul Shepherding Associates group that I led in a prayer time, one of the associates, our precious friend Judy, she was saying how the Lord had showed her how she was holding the, the beach ball under the water mm. and it was taking all this energy to hold the beach balls under the water and how the Holy Spirit gave her this invitation to just let it come up and just swim through it just mm. touch each of them and kind of deal with them and let it, mm-hmm. let the lord kind of move them apart and that acceptance and that's what we do with venting it's like okay here's all these emotions we're letting them come to the surface we're acknowledging them we're naming them and what you and i are doing for each other with that is kind of like well here's this one i'm i was really sad about this and i was really disturbed about this and i'm really kind of angry at brennan here that he didn't take responsibility for this and he didn't get help and he helped so many other people but he didn't help himself and why is that and mm-hmm. you know and and you're kind of naming these emotions that you're having and you're sharing them mm-hmm. and then you kind of get free of them you let them move past them and they're not dominant anymore and they're not draining this energy I can see that Judy's analogy of swimming through the emotions really ministered to you. Yes, it did. Yeah, well, you allow me to, you know, you kind of get in the pool with me and you kind of just kind of say, let me do that. And it is a gift. It's really helpful. I really appreciate that. Emotions are like that. They're like a pool. You're, as a, as a feeler, Christy, you're more aware of and in touch with that than the average person is. But all of us have emotions, it's just a matter of how much are we aware of them? Mm-hmm. How much do we feel them? Right. How much do we let ourselves pray them through and talk them through and, and integrate that part of, into our life? And of course, the incredible thing is that doing that is what raises our EQ, yes. our emotional quotient, right. our wisdom, our energy for living a good and effective life and for really caring, having empathy for others. Well, Bill, we have more to say about venting, so I think we need to do a second podcast on this subject. Yeah, there's a lot about venting and spirituality and leadership and the healthy ways to do that. And then the, uh, venting can be, uh, if we don't do it in a healthy way, that we're taking responsibility, it can be a, a dumping and a burdening on people that's, that's very stressful and even toxic. Yeah. And some of us are on the receiving end of that and like, yeah. we need help with, how, how, yeah. do I, how do I set some boundaries on this? I mean, you're talking about venting, but I feel like I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. So let's continue this conversation on our next Soul Talks. I'll pray for us now as we say goodbye for today. Great. Jesus, thank you that you care about our emotions. And you invite us to be honest with you and with ourselves about them, that you're safe for us to vent all of our emotions to, that you contain them with love and grace. Continue to teach us and grow us, Lord, so that we can be healthy, whole, and holy for your glory. Amen. Amen.
John 10, Jesus, our Good Shepherd, says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Thanks for joining us on Soul Talks as we seek to follow the Lord together. Until next time, let's continue our conversations with Christ.